Hey, buddy, this is Locked On Nittany Alliance, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and here we talk about Penn State football and some other Penn State sports from time to time. Of course, with a hold on the sports world as a whole, we still have some things to talk about. So no matter what's going on outside in the real world, we still have the conversation to help get you through whatever it is you're dealing with. If you're isolated at home, working from home, whatever your case may be, we're going to be here to provide a little bit of a distraction for you, at least for a little bit during your day. And hey, you can always go back and repeat this episode as many times as you want to help you get through your entire day. If you need it, we're going to be here for you. But we do have some fun stuff to get into today. Well, I hope it's fun stuff, at least. We're going to be talking about an old take that I had exposed that I didn't get a chance to talk about in yesterday's podcast. We're going to talk more about the speculation on when this college football season is going to start because an AD from an upcoming Penn State opponent had some interesting comments to say. And we're going to kind of reflect on yet another past season of glory and kind of get your take on what we want to do with this series moving forward. So lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. Make sure you are subscribed in all your favorite podcasting apps. You can listen to right on your home smart devices as well. Just tell it to play Locked on Nittany Lions on the TuneIn app. Again, you can subscribe to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. Rate, review, helps us out a whole lot, and we genuinely appreciate any feedback you have. And we will always want you to be a part of this podcast. So if you're stuck at home and you have a question, shoot it to us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And yes, we are on Instagram now, Instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. And we have that YouTube channel that's up there as well. So just go to YouTube, search for LockedOnNittany, and we should pop right up there for you. Again, lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. So let's go ahead and just get started. admit right off the bat in today's episode that I got a little preoccupied with some of the stuff that was going on around the scenes, behind the scenes, I should say, and putting together yesterday's podcast. So if you listened to yesterday's podcast and you were kind enough to remind me that I didn't follow through on one of the teases I had for what I was going to talk about in yesterday's episode, I'm going to do that for you right now. Uh, yesterday in the intro, I said something that I had made an opinion years ago that I proved to be dead wrong on. If you follow All Takes Exposed on Twitter, then you probably probably already know what I'm talking about. The NFL put out their all-decade team recently, and among the all-decade players from the NFL was former Texas A&M linebacker Von Miller. And at the time that he was drafted back in 2011, I put out this idea on Twitter that Von Miller going number two overall to the Denver Broncos was, as I said, not a great pick. Well, obviously, time passed, and I was proven completely wrong on that aspect of my opinion there. And I got called out for it, deservingly so. And I think it's a lot of fun anytime that Old Takes Exposed catches something that I said in the past. And I'm sure there are a number of others that are in the file for the right opportunity. Because I know that I have been uh, caught by him before. And a lot of people, I think when they are uh, put on blast by Old Takes Exposed, they kind of take offense to it. And they really kind of rubs them the wrong way because it feels as though they're kind of piling on on an opinion that hasn't exactly, as they say, aged well. And 
I have been guilty of that on time, well, multiple occasions, I should say. Uh, my, probably my most famous is probably from uh, whenever Chip Kelly was hired by the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the former Oregon head coach, now the current UCLA head coach. I thought it was a really good hire for the Eagles, and I thought it was going to pay off very well for years to come. Now, um, that didn't exactly pan out. Yes, the Eagles won a couple of division championships under Chip Kelly, but uh, he did not last very long uh, before he was shipped off to the San Francisco 49ers, and it didn't take long for the 49ers to move on from the Chip Kelly experience. And now Chip Kelly, of course, is back in college football where he does belong, and he's at a good spot for him, I think, at UCLA, even though it's not quite taking up uh, the kind of uh, momentum that a lot of people were kind of anticipating would happen at UCLA. But I still think you give him time at UCLA. I think it's going to work out all right. But that's one of the more famous uh, tweets that I think of that I've had that have been exposed by Old Takes Exposed before. But like I said, a lot of people will be rubbed the wrong way when they have a tweet of theirs called out by freezing uh, Old Takes Exposed. And it's not really in uh, any poor sportsmanship or anything or poor showing. I, I do genuinely feel that it's all in good fun. And you know what? I put thoughts out on Twitter, and I know that some of the times my opinions are not going to pan out. Some will, some will not, and that's perfectly okay because I'm reacting in real time. That's what I'm doing on Twitter, and I'm sure that's what a lot of people are doing. And you know what? Uh, if you can't handle it, then you know maybe rethink about what you're putting out there on Twitter. I'm perfectly fine putting out opinions that uh, don't pan out. I'm perfectly fine admitting when I'm wrong, and I will have some fun with it. I will laugh at myself every time that I pop up on that Twitter feed for Old Takes Exposed. This is not the last time it's going to happen. I guarantee that right now, and I'm sure there's going to be a, a lot of fun to be had in the future. You know what? It's fun to look back at bad opinions and realize just how bad you were. You know, I said that the number two pick in the NFL draft in, what, 2011 was not a good pick, and the guy turned out to be one of the best defensive players of the last decade. So, yes, I was completely wrong. I deserve to be put on blast, and I deserve all the ridicule and scorn that I've been receiving in my Twitter mentions. And like I said... I'm laughing it off. It, it's all fun. It's all in good fun. It's all in, it's, uh, that's what the conversation on Twitter is all about. You know, I'm going to put out opinions. Some of them will not uh, pan out very well, and some of them will. And I think I deserve credit for those as well. But yes, you never have to feel bad about calling out something that I said. You know, I will say right now, I thought Christian Hackenberg was going to be a star in the NFL. I, I really did feel that way. And obviously, that, unfortunately for Christian Hackenberg, that has not been the case. And it's still one of those things where I go back and I think, you know what, what if things went a little bit differently with Bill O'Brien at Penn State? And this is nothing against James Franklin. It's just one of those things that I, I like to think about. You know, I like to think of alternative paths uh, in our sports culture. And, you know, what if a coach stays here longer? What if a player, you know, doesn't transfer from this school to that school or whatever? You know, what if a free agent doesn't sign with this team but signs with this team? I like to have fun with those kind of conversations because, I, like I said, I like I just like the conversation. I like to speculate. And I like to you know, kind of review things and get other people's opinions too. So I always wonder what would have happened if Bill O'Brien didn't jump to the NFL and coach the Houston Texans. What if he stuck around at Penn State? Would Christian Hackenberg have developed a little bit differently? And I do think that if you go down that path, I still think that you would have had some struggles because, you know, Penn State was still going through those recruiting uh, sanctions uh, and reductions from the, the NCAA sanctions. So it was a little bit tougher to build around Christian Hackenberg. We all know Bill O'Brien brought in some talented players at some of the skill positions, but all, the offensive line was going to be shaky. 
and that is something that has continued to improve under James Franklin. But at the time, I think um, no matter how much potential Christian Hackenberg had, it was going to be limited with the results because of what the offensive line wasn't able to do for the most part. Now, again, Christian Hackenberg probably had his own development uh, hindrances and uh, I think, uh, you know, maybe playing in James Franklin's system wasn't necessarily the best fit for him. I think we can all kind of agree to that. But I do think that if Bill O'Brien had stuck around, maybe things could have been different. I don't know. But what I do know is that Christian Hackenberg is no longer going to be a star in the NFL. I feel pretty confident in saying that. It's unfortunate. I, I was really rooting for him. I was pulling for him. I was I hoped things could be different. And I know that he's tried catching on with some of those other uh, pro leagues that have started up and fizzled out. But, you know, maybe we haven't seen the last of Christian Hackenberg. You just never know. You know, if you hang around long enough, you know, you could be uh, the the next uh, Kurt Warner. Who, who knows? That's probably a stretch. But, you know, what uh it's a shame it didn't work out that way but you know what it's uh, one of those old takes that i'm sure will come back to haunt me at some point so make sure you're following old takes exposed on twitter to find out the next time that uh, i had a ridiculous opinion that deserved to be called out i'm going to brace you right now that we are about to discuss the ongoing conversation about whether or not college football is going to be played this fall. If you're sick and tired of hearing me talk about this right now, again, I do apologize, but it is kind of important to be discussing at this point in time. I know it's not the most fun topic of conversation right now, but every day it seems though as though we get some new wrinkles and at least something new to talk about. And today we have a couple of interesting developments coming from some from some outlets and some uh, voices in the football world that we should be paying close attention to. Now, none of these are directly associated with Penn State. But I did feel it was pretty worthwhile to hear the comments from Virginia Tech Athletic Director Walt Babcock, who, speaking to the Richmond Times Dispatches, uh, Mike Barber says, We would be open to shifting the season, even if overlapped with other sports. Why is that important? Well, one of the games I was most looking forward to this upcoming college football season is Penn State's road trip to Virginia Tech. Penn State and Virginia Tech have never played in football before. Uh, and the fact that they're finally getting a chance to open up a series, a home-and-home home series, uh, I think is pretty cool. And it would be unfortunate if we don't get a chance to see that uh, play out as scheduled. But when you hear the comments from an athletic director, it's a little bit more severe or more serious than when a head coach says something because the athletic directors are going to have a little bit more say in what's happening. Now, ultimately, uh, the athletic director comments probably don't mean a whole lot, but when you consider who Walt Babcock is, it's a little bit more uh, noteworthy compared to some other athletic director from another power conference school. Uh, that is because Babcock is a part of the NCAA's Division One Football Oversight Committee. So he has a little bit more sway. He maybe has a little bit more insight into what the NCAA is thinking as far as how they're going to handle this upcoming college football season uh, and how it's going to play out. Will it be affected? So Again, I don't think he's showing any cards or anything. I think he's really just kind of uh, speaking off the cuff as where he's coming from as he's trying to figure out what Virginia Tech is going to do. Now, Virginia Tech's decisions will obviously be important for Penn State because if everybody is not on the same page, uh, it could be pretty chaotic as far as what's going to happen with the schedule. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with the schedule, but if one school says we are going to play and one school says we're not going to play or one conference says we're all in or one conference says we're going to wait a little bit, 
things could get pretty dicey. Things could get pretty testy. Now, I don't think it's going to come to that. I think whenever a decision is made, I think most schools and most conferences will probably agree to be on the same page. It doesn't mean that everybody is going to be entering whatever the decision is made uh, with the, the utmost of confidence and the same level of confidence and security uh, moving forward because everybody's going to have different concerns. Obviously, uh, different regions, different uh, locales are going to have uh, different situations that they're all working through. Uh, and if uh, the state of Pennsylvania is not on the same page as the state of Virginia, for example, uh, it, it could be pretty interesting to see how this all plays out. Now, we'll worry about all that stuff when we do cross that bridge. But like I said, when the athletic director from Virginia Tech, an upcoming Penn State opponent and who has a seat on the Division One Football Oversight Committee, says something like they would be open to moving the season, even if it overlaps with other sports. And in this case, we're talking probably about the spring that is worth paying attention to. Now, on the other side, we've got veteran NFL reporter Adam Schefter, who's known to have some college connections. He put out a tweet roughly 45 minutes before we hit record on this particular episode. And the tweet says, speaking to people in and around college football this week, there is a strong conviction there will be college football this season. Uncertainty about when? Multiple scenarios being debated, but they sound certain there will still be college football this season. Okay, that's all well and good from Adam Schefter, and I have no reason to dispute anything that Adam Schefter reports. Um, like I said, he has his sources, I and I trust him uh, when he says something. I think that it ha- carries some validity to it. Uh, I don't know what those connections are, but I do know that it's probably not going to mean a whole lot uh, hearing of whatever college football people he's talking to. I don't know if they're the right people that are going to be making the ultimate decisions. Again, not to say that they're not. I just feel as though when you talk about the pecking order, who's going to carry the weight in making the official decision on when college football can and will be played? Uh, Is he talking to coaches? If so, we've seen there's a little bit of a mixed reaction. There's a lot of optimism out there from some coaches and a little bit more pessimism towards from other coaches uh, and a little bit more caution maybe that's being demonstrated. Is he talking to athletic directors? Again, that would be a little bit of a more uh, sturdy source to be relying on when you're coming to these opinions. But I don't know if that's necessarily uh, the the level of authority that you need to have any confidence in saying whether or not college football is going to be played. These decisions are going to be made by the presidents of universities. And before that, it may have to be made by the governors of various states. If the governor's around the country, especially right here in Pennsylvania, if Tom Wolf decides that uh, we can't have um, mass gatherings uh, well into the, the fall months, September, October, if this thing carries on and lingers for that long, you can't play college football. Uh, I, <laughs> you, yes, you can play without fans. I'm sure that's one scenario that a lot of people have been uh, kind of reviewing and at least thinking about. Uh, and we're seeing that across sports right now. But I don't think that that's going to be a realistic situation either. And I don't know what the answer is. I continue to say that. I don't know what's going to happen. I still will have the optimism that college football will be played. Uh, The report from Schefter should give me more confidence in that. But again, the closer we get to the start of the scheduled college football season, the less and less optimistic I become again. I'm not losing all optimism. I still think college football is going to be played. I think, uh, at least as far as Penn State's schedule is concerned, I don't think 
it's going to be impacted, but it's something that I just, I can't say one way or another. I can't say with any 100% definity that I feel confident in saying that uh, there's no way it's not going to happen. So I, I think we're going to start seeing some changes. Now, we're already starting to see a potential change to the week zero schedule with Notre Dame and Navy. Uh, they were supposed to be playing in Ireland in week zero. That game looks like it's being discussed about moving, and that would suggest that it's going to be played in Annapolis for where Navy's campus is or maybe even Notre Dame. I don't know if they find a neutral site or something like that still uh, on U.S. soil, but it doesn't look like that game's going to be played in Ireland. Now, we'll see what happens with that schedule. That just came out with Brian Kelly, Notre Dame head coach, having a conference call or a Zoom call with the media, I believe today. And he said that they he confirmed that there are talks to move that Navy-Notre Dame game in Ireland due to the ongoing COVID-19. So, things are happening things are changing we'll see how it all impacts penn state when decisions start to get made and we're getting one day closer every day to when those decisions will have to be made so i don't know what the cases may be let me know what you think do you think we're going to see college football in the fall do you think we're going to see any adjustments to the schedule would you be open to seeing penn state and other college football action in the springtime let me know hit us up on twitter at locked on nittany and let us know your thoughts We all know right now the NCAA has shut down all recruiting initiatives that can be conducted by various college football programs, which means that coaches can't go out and travel to to see players and players can't come to campuses and check out the college and and the football program in person. But that doesn't mean that recruiting developments are not happening. And on Thursday, Penn State received another positive recruiting news nugget when four-star safety out of Michigan, Jalen Reed, announced that he is committing to Penn State. This is a huge pickup for the Nittany Lions. Uh, Again, another four-star player out of the state of Michigan. Penn State has pulled some good players out of the state of Michigan, and they were expected to be a pretty significant favorite uh, for his commitment as his recruiting uh, process was going on. Uh, The crystal ball predictions were all leaning towards Penn State on 24-7 sports, so it wasn't really a shocking development to see that he was coming out and committing to Penn State, Uh, but it's always good to get that positive news uh, confirmed. And this is a nice little recruiting victory because Jalen Reed, certainly uh, from what I could see, was picking Penn State over Michigan State and Georgia. Of course, he had a number of other offers as well, but those seem to be some of the uh, the, the, the tougher competition for Penn State. Obviously, the way that George has been recruiting, you can expect that that's going to be a tough candidate to overcome. Uh, certainly, Michigan State being the, the in-state uh, option uh, certainly boded well for him. And, of course, you know there was a coaching change at Michigan State, so I don't know how that played into it. But Penn State getting a four-star safety, that is uh, a nice little boost to that class of 2021, which, of course, once again is starting to come together. There's still a long way to go, obviously, between now and the signing period. But you start to look at Penn State's class, and they've got a, a, tr- a couple of four-star players. You remember Landon Tangwell, the offensive tackle, recently had committed to Penn State. They still have a couple three-star players in Liam Clifford, an athletic uh, option out of Cincinnati, and, of course, Nate Bruce from Harrisburg, offensive guard. So there's still some... Um, work to do to move up those rankings the the 24 7 composite rankings still have penn state down there at number 10 just within the big 10 but number 38 overall in the country Uh, of course a small recruiting size and recruiting class will lead to a smaller ranking or a lesser ranking but 
it's all about the quality that Penn State is putting in the air for that class of 2021. So another nice little pickup. We'll see how many more are on the way. Uh, but of course, you know, recruiting right now is a weird thing with everything that's been going on. But it's nice to see for Penn State's point of view that uh, they've, they've picked up a couple good quality additions to their class of 2021, which still has plenty of time to look very good at the end of the uh, recruiting cycle. So a nice little pickup for Penn State, some positive news on a Thursday. And we are going to continue next week talking about some of the best teams in Penn State history. Uh, again, I still have a list of a couple seasons that I'm going to run down. I still want to hear from you guys what you guys want to hear about uh, what seasons in particular. I'm going to tell you right now, the 1994 season is going to be discussed next week. So you got to make sure you check that out. Uh, and we may go back and look at the other two uh, national championship seasons from the 80s. But if there are any seasons out there that you feel deserve to be mentioned, let me know because in addition to the podcast, we can do some fun stuff on Instagram. We can do some stuff on Facebook, maybe even on YouTube. Uh, we have plenty of options, many outlets. And I do think that we're going to build off of this idea uh, down the road uh, because I do still want to go back and watch some of these classic games from these various seasons with you guys on Twitch uh, with a live reaction. We can put that together and make a little uh, nice little podcast as well. So Lots of ideas out there. I want to hear from you guys. Connect with us on Twitter right now, at LockedOnNinny. And please, check out the Instagram page because I've got a couple posts out there. We're going to be doing some Instagram stories uh, to get some podcast clips out there and maybe some uh, some unique content as well. Uh, we definitely want to get you guys involved. And it's not just going to be podcast clips. If you are following on Instagram already, then you know we put out a fun little thing uh, where you have to choose a, a quarterback and a player based on your birth month. So the, the scenario is this. The last play of the game, uh, you need a touchdown to win. Who's your quarterback and who's getting the ball? Uh, so you pick your quarterback based on what month you were born. I was born in November, so I got Kerry Collins, for example. And then you choose your your player that's going to be getting the ball based on your birthday. And there's a lot of good names on there. Saquon Barkley's on there. Bobby Yangrum, uh, Jordan Norwood. <laughs> uh, who else was on there? Franco Harris. I, I got a bunch of players on there. Uh, some running backs, some tight ends, some wide receivers. Uh, and, you know, you, you got to figure out whether or not your combo of your quarterback and your, your second player is good enough to get that game-winning touchdown. Now, unfortunately... When I put it together, I didn't actually set where the ball is being spotted. So have fun with it. Let your imagination run wild. But imagine that you're close enough where a touchdown is a realistic option. And it's kind of funny because somebody pointed this out to me on Twitter uh, when I put this out there. Uh, so uh, at Thinking Church, uh, John says, it's actually quite surprising to think how few times Penn State has actually been in that situation where you have one play left in the game and you need the touchdown to win the game. Uh, but I will give Trace the edge over Brian Milne and Bobby Ingram. So uh, that was the comment for him. So I guess he's got Trace McSorley as his quarterback and he's giving it to Brian Milne. I actually didn't include Brian Milne on the uh, the setup for this graphic, but I did have Bobby Ingram. Bobby Ingram was my wide receiver according to my birthday. Uh, so I've got Kerry Collins throwing to Bobby Ingram. I like that. I like those chances there. But it is kind of funny because there are not many. Uh, moments in Penn State's history where they have come down with a chance to win the game on the final play of the game. 
Obviously, we had that a couple years ago in that game against Iowa, uh, one of the classics, <laughs> and a, a moment to never forget. Uh, th that was a game where they needed the touchdown to win the game on the final play of the game. And, of course, uh, Trace McSorley delivered, or what was it, Jawan Johnson, getting the, the catch at the back of the end zone and silencing that kind of crowd. Uh, that was a, a very fun moment, and it's, a, it's one of those moments that will live in Penn State lore probably for years to come. And it is funny that there aren't a whole lot of those situations. And I do wonder if you go through various programs, you know, how many programs actually have those moments where the last play of the game uh, will win the game. Uh, you know, it's not like college basketball. College basketball has tons of them. Uh, but college football is a little bit different. They don't always necessarily you know pile up in that category. So I'd be very curious, you know, what is, uh, you know, maybe we can expand it a little bit. Maybe the last minute of the game and you need a touchdown. But uh, have some fun with that. And let me know what you think. You know, that graphic is up on the Instagram account. Again, Instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. And leave a comment with who your quarterback is and who's getting the football and how confident do you feel that that's going to lead to a touchdown on the final play of the game. So have some fun with that over the weekend. If you've got some time to kill, again, just check us out on Instagram at LockedOnNittany and let us know who your quarterback is and who's getting the football and does Penn State win the game? <laughs> I I'd be very curious to see what your reaction is. And of course, follow on Instagram and all that good stuff as well. So plenty more to come on the Instagram account. And again, I do want to hear from you guys. What games, what classic games should we dig up on YouTube and go back and watch? I want to watch these games with you guys. And if anybody has direct links to full games on YouTube, that would be fantastic. I'm going to do some uh, searching over the weekend to uh, start putting together a list. And we're going to be doing that very soon. So make sure you check that out on Twitch. We're going to have that Twitch channel up uh, probably early next week officially. Uh, so make sure to check that out as soon as it's available. I'll let you guys know all about it. And we'll have some fun with that. And I'm looking forward to it. And that will do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening in today, guys, and spending some time. We're going to help you try and get you through whatever it is you're dealing with, whether you're isolated at home, working from home. Maybe you got to teach your kids at home now that Pennsylvania schools are closed for the rest of the year. Hey, it, whatever you're dealing with right now, hopefully this provides a little bit of a distraction and it helps you get through at least part of your day. And hopefully at some point we'll get back to normal. Until we do, uh, we'll keep the conversation flowing just for you guys. We'll have some more fun looking back on some happier moments in Penn State football history coming up next week on the podcast. So again, make sure you are subscribed on all your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Overcast, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. You can also tell your home smart devices to play on the TuneIn app, play uh, Locked On Nittany Line. So however you're listening, whatever you're listening to us on, uh, we thank you so much for that. And if you want to leave a rating and a review and help us out a little bit more, that'd be even greater. Uh, we do want to hear from you guys as well. So make sure you are connected with us on Twitter at Locked on Nittany. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Locked on Nittany. And of course, like I said, we've got the Instagram account on Locked on Nittany and we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com and then search for Locked on Nittany Lines. Lots more stuff to keep you occupied and entertained on the Locked On Podcast Network right now. If you're an NBA fan, make sure you check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast. Lots of good NBA draft insight going on there from veteran NBA reporter Chad Ford. And you want to make sure you're checking out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. All next week, we've got the mock draft that's going to be going across the network. I may have contributed a little bit to it. Uh, we're going to have some fun with that across the NFL channel. And, of course, we're going to let you know well, if any of their Penn State players are going to be involved in that mock draft. I've got a sneaky feeling that somebody's going to be included. So you make sure you check that out. That's the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast right now on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week.